from the Allen Samuel Studios. This is the John Moore Show on ESPN Central Texas. We uh, we asked the question uh, about having Mitch on the show with us today. It was a resounding no, only because uh, the formal press conference to introduce uh, Coach Thompson won't be until next week. Uh, Mac Rhodes is out of town. I think Mitch is hitting the ground running recruiting-wise. So the formal press conference will be next week. We'll have plenty of opportunities to talk to him. The John Moore Show is brought to you by Amanda Cunningham, Coldwell Banker Apex Realtor. By Alliance Bank Central Texas. By Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. Your friend in the car business. And by Diamore Fine Jewelers. 4541 West Waco Drive. Where Waco gets engaged. So what can we do? Well, let's find some guys who played for him, who coached with him, and talk to them about Mitch Thompson taking the job here at Baylor. And our leadoff hitter in every sense of the word today is John Topolsky, one of Baylor's all-time greats. Um, There was nobody in my mind that was going to bring the same level of passion or dedication to getting the program you know, doing doing for the program what it can do and what it needs to be done. I think that you know so much has been invested in in uh, creating a winning culture at Baylor. That you know, I'm excited about watching Mitch and his guys carry that on and get us back to national prominence and you know do it with great consistency. And I'm excited. Stay connected with the Voice of the Bears on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Snapchat at Voice of Bears. Great to visit with Hoot Johnigan, uh, assistant coach for Baylor softball. 17 years uh, as an assistant alongside Mitch Thompson under Steve Smith for Baylor baseball. Well, no, he's still got it, man. He's got he's green and gold in his blood. Like I said, his wife works here. He's got two girls, so uh, he's green and gold. Now he's, it's, it's through and through throughout the whole family. Yeah, that's true. Love their family. Now, from the Allen Samuel Studios, here's the voice of the Baylor Bears, John Morris and Aaron Sexton. Hi and welcome, John Morris Show on a Friday. We're glad you're with us. Uh, big week for Baylor baseball. Mitch Thompson named day was that Tuesday, Wednesday? It was Wednesday, wasn't it? The official announcement came on Wednesday that Mitch was Baylor's new head baseball coach and uh, sent us into uh, uh, hyperspeed, uh, getting guests to talk about Mitch. Couldn't get the interview with Mitch. Press conference uh, will happen next week. But uh, we had John Topolsky, we had Hoot Johnigan here in the 3 o'clock hour, uh, Tom Barfield had Sean Tolleson, uh, and then uh, Sean Trocum from MCC to get that side of it, and then Matt Mosley had Jason Jennings and uh, Steve Smith, former head coach. So uh, I think uh, uh, it's been an interesting week, hasn't it, to uh, cover that big story? Yeah, and I think uh, the station as a whole covered the Every base pretty well. I know that's so kind of a cheesy analogy, but uh, <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, you know, we uh, on every show we talked to uh, former players or you know former coaches, and it was it was it was a it was a great day uh, for Baylor baseball. It really was. I mean, I, I was happy for a couple of reasons. One, because I'm a Baylor fan, and I think it's a great hire. I think it's a slam dunk, and he's going to do great. But I was happy personally. I don't know Coach Thompson. Super well. We've talked mm-hmm. on the phone a couple of times, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I do know his story and I know that this is his dream job and 
he, you know, he loves Baylor and it's really, really good and quite frankly heartwarming to see a guy fulfill his lifelong dream yeah, and get his yeah. dream job. Especially we talked about it a little bit yesterday, you know, when he when he was let go as an assistant, he probably thought that's it. There's no way I'll ever be the head coach of Baylor. And that's what he you know, a job that he really, really wants. And right. then what seven years later, and he's the head coach at Baylor. It's just a wonderful around. story, and I'm so happy for him. Yeah, really cool. So uh, it's been a fun week in that respect. No question, Mitch has hit the ground running. Uh, he may be, uh, I don't know this for sure, he may be in Omaha, Nebraska this weekend. Uh, his brother Nate coaches for the Arkansas Razorbacks, who are there in mm. uh, the College World Series. So he may very well be in Omaha this week. Now the, the uh, task and the goal is to uh, for him to get to Omaha with the team, with the Bears, qualifying for the College World Series. Yeah, and I'm sure he is already making calls and, and, and scheduling visits and things like that, hitting the ground running recruiting-wise to, no to try to build that roster. So, And what do you think that's like these days with the transfer portal such a big deal? You know, you come in and then you immediately your mind starts spinning, I'm sure, of guys – you know, that he knows, but maybe he coached at uh, McLennan or maybe coached against and he knows them. Hey, where are you going? You know, uh, you know, he's not going to tamper. He's not going to do anything illegal. Right. But he's got so many connections, uh, you know, with the transfer portal being so prominent these days, you know, the roster could take a, a complete overhaul uh, between this year and next year. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, immediately put too much pressure on Coach Thompson, but we were talking about it. You know, before the show, I, I really do. I think that that he's going to take advantage of the transfer portal, and I think they'll they will be competitive immediately. Pretty much. I mean, I think you'll see a lot of new faces, and that's is the good thing about the transfer portal. You come in as a new coach, you know, you can before the transfer portal, your hands were really really tied. It was really tough to come in and make major changes and get a lot of new players in. Now it's not. You can, and uh, I'm I'm excited. And looking forward to next year. Yeah, we see it happen with programs. Um, to me, basketball is the most uh, dramatic. Mm -hmm. uh, you bring in sometimes two or three guys, and your roster looks completely different from one year to the next. But it happens in every sport. You know, key guys in football, key guys in in uh, baseball, uh, girls in softball transfer. I mean, look at this Baylor team, softball team this year with Dari Orm and uh, uh, Mackenzie Wilson coming in from Fresno State. I mean, how different was this team with those two transfers this year? Yeah, and, and even looking back on the 2021 men's basketball team that won the national championship, you know, they filled a couple of spots with transfers, and those transfers, you know, made that a complete team, made it a national championship team, yeah. you know. It, so it was – it can really, really put you over the top if you're close, and it can get you competitive quickly if you struggle. Yeah. So, no question, Mitch uh, has hit the ground running, and uh, it'll be fun to get the formal press conference next week with him and uh, just fun to think about, you know, what all is going on already with Baylor baseball. And I'll tell you this also, Aaron, uh, talking to Max Calderon a couple of days ago, he, he really follows the um, – I don't know what you call it, the numbers, you know, the uh, – uh, Ah, there's a term for it. Just following all the activity on Twitter and responses and retweets What's and trending? things like that. Yeah, maybe yeah. that's it. Mm -hmm. But he follows that really close, and he says it's just through the roof uh, what uh, you know the response has been to Mitch's hiring this week. I would guess that that's the biggest college baseball story this year outside of 
World Series stories. Yeah. You know, outside of teams, stories about the teams that made the World Series and the games and things like that. I, I would guess that. I bet you're right. It was, I mean, I know that, you know, it depends on your timeline. You can kind of filter it how you want. And mine's really heavily Baylor, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it got a lot, a lot of attention and a lot of press and 100% positive across the board, which yeah, never yeah. happens. Exactly. Never happens for a hire. And it <laughs> is. I didn't see one negative thing from anyone, from any journalist, from any uh, alumni, from any fans. It was 100% positive feedback about the uh, about the hiring of Coach Thompson, which I think is appropriate. I think it's a great hire. Yeah, very cool. And one thing I just thought of that I don't think we mentioned this week, uh, the University of Kansas hired a head baseball coach the same day. Dan Fitzgerald uh, was at uh, DBU for a while, uh, for a good while. He was an assistant at Dallas Baptist and was at LSU last year. He's now the new head coach at the University of Kansas. But the timing of that announcement, it came like <laughs> it was like four hours after Baylor's announcement of Mitch, and uh, certainly I'm sure it got a lot of attention in the state of Kansas and in Lawrence uh, specifically for sure. But it just seems like it kind of got lost in the avalanche of attention uh, you know, that was uh, in, in, endeared to um, Mitch Thompson and the Baylor baseball program. Absolutely. You, you know, as you said, it was four hours later. I didn't find out about it till probably eight or nine hours really? later. And yeah. I was on Twitter all day yesterday. Yeah, I really was. <laughs> I try not to spend too much time on there, but it is a great place to find breaking news and stories, especially about recruiting and things like that. And uh, I didn't see anything. And like I said, my timeline is Baylor heavy, but it's also really big 12 heavy. Mm-hmm. So I get a lot mm-hmm. of big 12 news from every school yeah. and you're right. Uh, the, uh, the hiring of Coach Thompson kind of drowned that out a little bit. Yeah. All right, uh, College World Series beginning today. In fact, it is already underway. Oklahoma and Texas are there. Four other SEC schools are there. Oklahoma is playing right now the game on ESPN television. Texas plays tonight against Notre Dame, scheduled for a 6 p.m. first pitch coming up this evening. And uh, we'll hear from Craig Way coming up in the hour Greg, the voice of the Longhorns, and uh, was guest with Tom Barfield and Ward Whites on Game Time a couple of mornings ago. We hear from Greg, uh, who is making, I'm not sure if he says in the interview, but he's been to uh, Omaha a bunch himself. For the Longhorns, it is their 38th trip to the College World Series. That is uh, by far, far away the most of any school in the country. So you'll hear from Craig Way coming up in the hour from Omaha, Nebraska, side of the College World Series. Hey, we're off and running on this Friday. We are glad you're with us. John Morris, Aaron Sexton in the Allen Samuel Studios. We'll take a break, check weather, be back with more in just a moment. John Morris, Aaron Sexton, and we'll be right back here on ESPN Central Texas. Back with us on this Friday, John Morris Show and the Rob Sellers Funky Bump of the Day. The Friday Rob Sellers Funky Bump of the Day. Good one, Aaron. Uh, The Spinners and Rubber Band Man. I bet you Rob approves of that one. Yeah, and I did know that one. I was telling you, you know, we've talked about 
how I associate a lot of older songs with movies now if they're on soundtracks, and that one immediately makes me think of Stripes <laughs> because that was playing in the background during the mud wrestling scene in Stripes, which I, it just still makes me laugh to this day. And I've watched that movie so many times. That whole movie is just hilarious. That's a great movie. It That's really is. kind of an underrated, you know, if you ask people, you know, what's one of your favorite movies of all time? But I, I don't know if people would name Stripes, but man, it is good. And it's one of those that is so good you can watch it uh, like you have multiple times. Yeah, I'm, and I'm not exaggerating. I've probably seen that movie 50 times. Huh. But you're right. It it really is underrated. Like, even if you talk about your favorite Bill Murray movies, he's got so many great ones. That one never comes up. And I know I haven't thought about that movie in years, probably, until I heard Rubber Man Man this right song. then. Yeah. <laughs> that is great. All right, we're glad you're with us on this Friday. John Morris Show brought to you in part by Alliance Bank. Find Alliance Bank with their several locations in Waco, a new location in Temple, and let them help you and your business succeed. Alliance Bank, it's your bank. Uh, Aaron, I, uh, I need to confess something today to you and to our listeners. Uh, you know, we're in the midst of moving. I mean, we've got everything moved, but still, you know, going through boxes pretty much every night at home, finding the right spot for everything. But over the course of the move, and we were out of the rental house uh, on May 31st, but as we were leading up to that move, uh, one closet at that house, I had on a shelf a box, a small box, and in that box was uh, one national championship ring. You did find it. I did find okay. it. Okay. I did we, find it. You know, we did we talk, talk about this? We talked about it off air. Okay, and, okay. And... When I ask you, you knew it was somewhere in your stuff. It was misplaced is right, what it was. Right. Not it, so much It wasn't lost. gone or stolen because right. y'all moved everything yourself. No, I didn't and you feel didn't, like it was. You didn't drop it anywhere, but you didn't. You <laughs> couldn't find it for a couple of days. So I'm glad. That's a that's yeah. got to be a huge relief. Yeah, more than that. More like a couple of weeks. I really oh, didn't yeah. know where it was. Oh, wow. <laughs> so when we were getting ready to move, I saw that box sitting there and I had the thought, I've got to put this somewhere safe where I know where it is and so it doesn't get lost in the move, mm -hmm. right? So I, I put it somewhere safe, and then I couldn't remember <laughs> where that safe place was. <laughs> Seriously, you know? I, I will tell you a story, and this is many years ago, um, when I, uh, I won some money. About five hundred dollars, and I was yeah. like, you know what? I'm going to keep that on hand as cash. Good money, and I'm going to hide it for a special occasion, you know, or or an emergency, whatever. Right. Um. And which, I don't know. My logic back then was pretty flawed. You just put it in savings, you know. <laughs> right. But I was afraid maybe if it was in savings that I would spend it on something yeah. frivolous. I don't yeah. have that problem anymore. I did at the time, and I just forgot about it. And when I moved, I was going through a box of stuff, and I lifted up a book, and in between the two books was five crisp $100 wow, bills nice. folded over. I was like, Christmas in July. Exactly. Oh, how great is that? It was really a nice feeling. So you'd forgotten you even had it. Yes, forgotten oh, all about it. What a great surprise. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I'd like to find $500 today <laughs> in between two books. It's one of those things you think will never happen. Yeah. I was yeah. like, okay, I remember that now. <laughs> That's pretty And you cool. know what? I went straight out and spent it on something frivolous. <laughs> it was bonus money at that it point. Was, I'd, already, yeah. I'd already saved more, you know, when I was in a, in a good spot. So I was like, I'm going to buy a new computer. Free money right there. Yeah. Very good. Well, the ring was uh, in a safe place. I just couldn't remember where that safe place was. And I looked all the spots I thought were logical places I would have put it. You know, I thought... 
First, I thought it was in my backpack. I thought I'd put it in there and I was going to take it to the office. So I went through every inch of the backpack, not there. Uh, I went through some drawers in my office, um, desk drawers, and where I might have put it, and it wasn't there. I thought, oh, I know, it's in the um, uh, in my car. You know that middle section in my car. It's it's in there. Went and looked, kind of emptied the whole thing out. No, it's not there. Maybe it's in the glove compartment of my car. No, it's not there. So anyway, all the places that I thought I might have put it, it wasn't there. <laughs> And this goes on for for literally two weeks, maybe a little over two weeks. And, uh, you know, I just keep trying to think and maybe it's going to come back to me. And I couldn't, you know, I just couldn't think of any other place to look. And then I kind of made the whole circuit again, going through every place where I thought it might have been. Still didn't have it. And uh, again, like you said, I wasn't worried that it had been stolen, you know, and I really wasn't worried that it was lost forever, but (laughs) it was just misplaced. And I couldn't put my hands on it. So uh, this week, uh, Monday or Tuesday of this week, uh, there's a box up on the top shelf uh, in our closet, uh, Terry in my closet. And I, I, I guess I had the thought, let me just look there because I'm looking everywhere. So I pulled it down and lo and behold, there it was sitting in that box, safe and sound. I'm sure that was, that was quite the relief. Pretty good relief. It was. <laughs> it absolutely was. So... Uh, the ring has been found. That is great. And as also great timing as of this week, uh, the ring will have a new uh, home in my office. Uh, I don't know if you've seen any of the pictures, uh, Baylor men's basketball after the national championship. Uh, one of the gifts for all the coaches was this ring case that is mounted on the wall. And oh, wow. it's uh, it's real. I'll show you a picture. Um, uh, but it's really, really nice. It is uh, lit uh, LED light, lighting around the case, uh, Final Four logo and a picture, you know, on the background mm-hmm. of the ring case. It's a ring and watch case. Mm-hmm. Coach Drew's had one in his office forever, but now all the coaches did. And I, I saw that and I thought, oh, man, I'd love to have one of those. So sure enough, was able to get one of those. And this week, this Wednesday, was the day that Brandon and Matt came from D1 Designs and uh, put it up on the wall in my office. So this week, the week I found the ring, <laughs> the ring case gets put up on the wall, and, man, it looks sharp. So it every, looks really, really good. Everything worked out great. It did. I love it when that happens. D1 Designs, I'm telling you, that is a great outfit. They do such good works. They do, they do uh, things like this, ring and watch cases. They also do uh, wraps, and that's not – that's not really fair. I mean, they will decorate uh, offices, locker rooms, uh, anything like that, and do an outstanding job. Baylor, um, Baylor athletics, Baylor basketball, Baylor baseball, uh, football—all the sports have used D one. Um, D one designs is uh, the name of it. But man, those guys and girls do really, really good work. So uh, thanks to them. For, uh, for the ring case and getting it up, and it's on the wall in my office, and I uh, wish I could show everybody listening a picture of it. But next time you're, I tell you what, next time you're by our Simpson building, come in, and I'll be glad to uh, show it to you. But well done. Thanks very much to, uh, to Dustin, to Brandon, to Matt, to everyone at D1 Designs. Very, very, very quality work. All right, uh, as we mentioned, uh, College World Series is underway today. Texas plays tonight. The Longhorns play Notre Dame. Notre Dame in the World Series, uh, having knocked off Tennessee and Knoxville in the Super Regional. 
Tough opener for the Longhorns coming in tonight, who, by the way, have lost their first or, or their first game in the College World Series each of their last four trips to Omaha. So we'll see how things go tonight. And after a break, we'll hear from the voice of the Longhorns. Craig Way visited with Tom and Ward earlier this week on Game Time. We'll revisit that, hear from Craig Way from Omaha when we come back. John Morris Show on a Friday in the Allen Samuel Studios, brought to you in part by D'Amore Fine Jewelers. D'Amore at 4541 West Waco Drive. There Waco gets engaged. Listening to the John Moore Show on ESPN Central Texas. Now back to today's JMO Radio Show from the Allen Samuel Studios. Here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris and Aaron Sexton. Well, we took the field on a perfect day. It was right out of the train. Never seen a sky so crystal clear. Never walked on grass so green. What a great tune as the College World Series begins today in Omaha, Nebraska. No longer uh, TD Ameritrade Park. Uh, No longer. uh, It is now Charles Schwab Park, I think, or Charles Schwab Ballpark. uh, The new name on it. But, uh, man, what an event, the College World Series in Omaha. Yeah, some financial services uh, right, right. <laughs> sponsoring it. You know, based I think based in Omaha. I think that's the big draw there. Oh, okay, uh, for that Charles makes Schwab. sense. Right, definitely does. So, uh, great event. Many, many years. Uh, culmination of a long baseball season. Really, a long athletic year. This is the final event for uh, for the NCAA as it stretches now into uh, mid to late June. Two Big Twelve schools are there as we talked about. Oklahoma in action against Texas A and M. That is on ESPN Television. And tonight, 6 p.m. on ESPN, 6 p.m. Central Time, it is Texas versus Notre Dame. Let's hear now from Craig Way, the longtime voice of the Longhorns, a guest earlier this week with Tom and Ward on Game Time. Tom, Ward, and Ryan, we're glad you're with us, and we welcome into the program the uh, voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way, from beautiful Omaha, Nebraska. Good morning, Craig. How are we? Good morning, Tom. And you know there are people. Uh, I even got questions yesterday in social media about you know, you know how great is it about going to Omaha? And I'm like, it's great. If you haven't been here for the College World Series, then you don't know until you've been. You've been here, so you know. If you haven't been here for the series, you don't know. And by the way, Omaha has changed little in the uh, since the 17 <laughs> years have passed. The last time you were here. So it's 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 still pretty much locked in the same ha- it was back in 05. Just a different ballpark. It is and uh you know it's it's a bit more pitcher friendly now uh you know they've made some adjustments over the past few years and it's gotten a little bit more uh, offensively minded but not not you know it certainly wasn't like the old ballpark on the hill where the ball could fly out of there. Uh that w- that wind does still come out of the south but because the ballpark sits a little lower in downtown It'll come more into the face of the hitters. David Pierce was talking about that yesterday at a, at a media availability and said, he goes, it'll never play short. 
He said, but what it will do is it will even it out when the wind changes direction around here and we get, uh, you know, northerly breezes. It's been very, very comfortable here uh, yesterday and so far today. It's going to be hot again, almost Texas hot on Saturday and Sunday, and then it'll cool off again uh, early next week. <laughs> Craig, what changed with this baseball team going from the start of the season? We all know the high expectations they had and had a couple of injuries, but in the middle of the season, you know, things were not going as they planned, and they had a couple of series that they dropped. And then all of a sudden, this big surge from them. What changed from that point to this point for this baseball team? Ward, I think there was a couple of things that that, that did. First of all, uh, you mentioned the injuries, and, and uh, uh, Tanner Witt coming out of the rotation was just gigantic. Folks didn't realize the, the, uh, the impact that it had because of the trickle down it had to the number three starter, and also to the bullpen. They moved Lucas Gordon out of a midweek situation into the number two starter, and he has largely been really, really good. And uh, but, but it did leave a hole in the bullpen. And Tristan Stevens, who had wobbled a bit in some of his midweek start or some of his uh, Saturday starts, then uh, most notably when he got roughed up pretty good by Oklahoma State, went to Coach Pierce and said, I just want to help the ball club. You tell me where, to, where, where you need me. And at the time that – the uh, bullpen was really struggling. So he went to the bullpen. He has stabilized a little bit more, although he comes back in that winner-take-all game three on Sunday night against East Carolina and, and gives them six solid innings. Did a tremendous job there and looked like the Tristan Stevens of last year won 13 ballgames. So I think that was it. They, they had a couple other injuries. Austin Todd missed a month because of a shoulder injury. Uh, he has come back and is batting 330. And then the other thing, Eric Kennedy – with his speed, uh, was really out of the lineup for the better part of a, a month, almost five weeks, with a hamstring injury. And Dylan Campbell has really emerged now. He started in uh, taking his place in left field and then went to right field. And, you know, yes, for all the power numbers and everything that Ivan Melendez has done, and I expect him to, to win just about the rest of all the National Player of the Year awards that, that are still coming out, for all of that and Murphy Staley's uh, support bat, which has been tremendous, I think Dylan Campbell has kind of been the X factor late. So I think all of those things coming together really picked this ball club up by the time they got to the postseason. I've asked this question uh, a couple of times, and I'm going to ask it to you and get your opinion. Did the NCAA get it wrong this year, or do we have a, a, a more competitive balance across America in college baseball? We have two host teams in Omaha, six road dogs that have uh, went on the road in, in Supers, to get to Omaha. What what are your thoughts as far as those six row teams getting to Omaha? Including well, your club. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I think a lot of it was really competitively balanced anyway. I know you heard this a lot, Tom. I, there's a lot of conversation folks say, well, Texas was a fifth place team, blah, blah, blah. Look a little closer. The Big Twelve was separated by two games. That's it, two from first place all the way down to the sixth seed, West Virginia, who had they not gone 0 and 2 in Arlington probably would have made the tournament field. Uh, they got some things wrong. I think NC State should have been in the field. I, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I don't, uh, you know, I don't know about Southern Miss being seated as highly as they were when they not only lose their Super Regional, which they got because Miami, who was obviously seated way too high, went out at home as a, as a top eight. But then Southern Miss not only can't beat Ole Miss, they don't even score a run on them in two games. So I think that there were some things that stood out uh, about it. Uh, Grand Canyon pro probably on further review may not have deserved to be in the field. They went to and barbecue, but hindsight is 
2020. And I think the competitive nature of things showed some things. But I also think this, Tom, and I think you know this too, pedigree does shine through. Like a, a ball club like Arkansas that really fell off after being so highly ranked at the start of the season. And uh, for them to win the regional in Stillwater, then win the Super Regional in Chapel Hill, and to sweep North Carolina in the process, I think that was significant there. Um, you know, the Longhorns obviously had to fight through what they did uh, in Greenville to win the regional there against East Carolina. But some things came through ultimately. I, Texas State might have been seated a little too low. They gave uh, the best battle, really, to Stanford. But Stanford, ultimately, the number two seed, was able to fight its way through and get here. So I think it was a mixture of all of it. How important is it for the Longhorns to be able to get some innings out of their starting rotation in this tournament and then be able to have the confidence to pass it on to its bullpen? Well, I think, first of all, it does start with the number one guy, Pete Hansen, who was okay in the start against Air Force and was not okay in the start against East Carolina last Friday. And David Pierce was asked, you know, are, are you concerned that, that uh, he's, you know, about Pete since he hasn't had two of his regular type starts in these two postseason games. And he said, I'm not concerned about his preparation. I'm not concerned about his mindset. He was, he was brilliant in the game he pitched in Arlington at the big 12 tournament. He said, but you know, there's always some wear and tear that comes to the end of the year. And he's not a max effort guy. In other words, he's not throwing mid to upper nineties. He relies on fastball command and location. And it's about that. I mean, that's where that's really in a microcosm what it's been uh, of the season for the Texas pitching fastball command that's why Aaron Nixon who was a uh, you know a freshman all-american last year's closer just has not been able to find it this year does he struggle with fastball command and uh, that happened with Tristan Stevens as a starter in the midway part of the season so those kinds of things if they're able to do that all their breaking stuff is good enough uh, to to have them get you know quality starts five six maybe even seven innings out of the pitching staff but they've got to have that kind of command and 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 that will be uh very important against these types of ball clubs here in Omaha. Visiting with Craig Way, who is in Omaha for the uh, College World Series. Uh, and Craig, when the when the brackets were released Memorial Day weekend and, and you sat down and went through your bracket, I, I'm sure you had Texas and Notre Dame playing each other in Omaha. Didn't everybody, right? <laughs> Didn't every, everybody, everybody had Notre Dame going into Knoxville and, and knocking out the number one seat. I, you know, I heard a lot of those conversations about, uh, you know, they do this every year, Tennessee, uh, number one seed or the rest of the field. It was Tennessee or the field. And I thought, I think this year I heard more comments, more people taking Tennessee versus the field than I've ever heard them say about a one seed versus the field. And uh, for a lot of the year, they were incredibly dominant. I mean, Texas uh, kind of dominated them in the Friday night game down in Houston. They looked good, but that was way, way back at the start of the season. And they looked great uh, going into that. But, you know, after they after they lost game one to that Super Regional, it was almost like in Rocky Four, you know, where Drago is, he's cut. You know, once you could cut him, you know, you, you knew you had him. You, he, was, he was human. And I think Tennessee was like that. And this Notre Dame team, it's unbelievable, uh, Tom. They have 11 grads or grad transfers on this team. So they're, they're, they're in terms of guys who contribute regularly. So it's a veteran ball co- club. They're not, uh, you know, shaken by anything. Nothing phases them. So I think you got a couple of ball clubs. Texas obviously has a lot of experience back 
from last year's team that made it here to Omaha. Uh, so you'll have teams that will look at each other and not blink, that's for sure. Craig, the approach at the plate for the Longhorns, it, it, is it imperative that they are patient at the plate and, and drive a pitch, look for their pitch and be able to drive it? Or do you think that if you get into this tournament, you can be overly aggressive in a tournament like this? Well, I think that that's always a risk. Uh, you know, last year, what was it? They had 20 guys strike out against Will Bednar in Mississippi State in that in that series opener. And then they kind of refined things and pulled it back together and then made the run all the way back to the semifinals, losing again by one run to Mississippi State. Uh, they've got enough power and balance throughout the lineup to where if one guy isn't on, they can usually get somebody Helps to pick him up. Uh, like I said, Dylan Campbell, what he did with the, the uh, you know, the go-ahead homer in the eighth inning of the of that Saturday elimination game against East Carolina, and then after ECU tied it in the top of the ninth to get the walk-off uh, base hit. He's been a big part of it. Murphy Staley takes a pretty disciplined approach to the plate. Uh, everybody knows Ivan Melendez has the, the power numbers and, and, and could do tremendous things, but I think there's enough guys. I mentioned Austin Todd who can, who can come through and get a big hit for you. Silas Ardwan had a couple of really big hits in the Super Regional of East Carolina. So uh, everybody's got to come to play on that. And I do think that there's enough guys throughout the balance of the lineup that if somebody or even uh, two or three struggle a little bit, there's some other guys who can pick them up. Craig, what, what, two, two-parter, what does it take to get out of your side of the bracket? And who do you like on the other side of the bracket? Well, I, I think... They're going to have to have, and we've already discussed it, obviously, good starting pitching. That, that's, that's a must. Um, I think Pete Hansen will be ready to go against Notre Dame. Now they're playing either A&M or, or, or Oklahoma. Uh, you know, uh, A&M has not seen uh, – they've not seen Lucas Gordon. Oklahoma has, and Lucas pitched well against them. So uh, that was in the uh, – Sunday game, and then it took a big rally for them to come back. So there, there's going to be that. The Longhorns also have that familiarity with Oklahoma more so than A&M, although they saw A&M in the Tuesday night game in Austin that the Aggies won 12-9. So that, I think, either way is going to be uh, a real cooker. That That's going to be a lot of fun. And then on that other side of the bracket there, um, you know, you've got so much SEC representation. You say, well, Ole Miss has been hot. I mentioned Arkansas. I didn't mention Auburn. And all they did was go up and knock out the number three seed. So uh, they're going to be good. And then Stanford's the number two seed overall. So that, that's a great other side of the bracket. Somebody asked David Pierce about it. He goes, hey, it'll be great. He said, but you know what? I don't have to worry about that group. <laughs> he, said, he said, we're trying to win a regional the way it's set up on that side. He goes, if we get to that, then it's like a super regional, best two out of three there. So it's, it's going to be great balance on that other side of the bracket as well. Hey, appreciate your time. Have fun uh, in Omaha. I, I mean, and you're right. It is a um, it's an incredible experience. I, I've never seen a city adopt an event like the city of Omaha has adopted the the College World Series. I mean, they've taken yeah. ownership of that thing, and and boy, I don't think they've left a, a stone unturned, have they? No, no. And and you know, there was there was conversation. Remember back in the '90s about. Uh, when they were discussing that they would have to do something other to continue to put another coat of paint on Rosenblatt. And then there was the conversation about, you know, uh, I remember uh, Rod Dato, the former USC coach, and Tommy Lasorda, the Dodger manager, talking about, bring it to L.A., we'll put it at Dodger Stadium. And I'm a Dodger fan, and I would not want that. I wouldn't <laughs> want to see it there. But the, but the city stepped up uh, and, and built the new ballpark. 
And, and it really worked out well. The, the AAA team for the uh, Royals, the Omaha Storm Chasers, built their own ballpark mm-hmm. out on Sarpy County just to the west. And it made more sense to do that for them because it was a smaller ballpark for a AAA team, and it's worked out well there. So, you know, this has been great. And, uh, the, and, and you're right. I mean, the Big 12 basketball tournament in Kansas City is the closest thing I can approximate to how a city wraps its arms around a tournament. But nobody – is more welcoming and embracing of an event than Omaha is for the College World Series. Craig, thanks. Have a great day. You bet. Thanks. Talk to you soon. It's Craig Way, the voice of the Longhorns, on with Tom and Ward and Ryan earlier this week on Game Time, and uh, great timing there to have Craig on, and, and thanks to them for letting us replay that this afternoon very timely as the Longhorns will be in action uh, about two and a half hours from right now they will open College World Series play against Notre Dame I think Aaron this is going to be a really interesting World Series with Tennessee getting knocked out you know everybody kind of had had it as Tennessee versus the field you know Tennessee and everybody else with them out I think it's pretty wide open this year maybe as wide open as it's been in several years I agree. I have no clue who, you know, I'm, I don't think there's a favorite. I don't know who it'd be. I really don't. I know, you know, Stanford is the highest ranked team right, left, but, right. Uh, and nothing against Southwest Texas State. I, I don't mean that like their competition was lacking, but, you know, they struggled to get out of both the regional and the super regional. Right. You know, they got, got to the World Series and it, it was a great accomplishment for their team to the way, especially the way they did it, but they did have a tough time getting. Getting to the College World Series, they weren't exactly dominant. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, it hadn't been dominant. No team really has. I mean, Tennessee was the entire season. Look <laughs> what happened there. So they ran into to Notre Dame. The yeah. buzz of Notre Dame. And you like those uniforms, you said, of Notre Dame. I do. I was I was <laughs> surprised when you sent me that, that uh-huh. that was the uniforms they were wearing. But I really do like them. <laughs> uh, well, maybe we'll see them tonight. Maybe they'll have those on I hope so. for I game hope, one of the World Series I hope they're tonight. wearing them as they beat Texas. Ah! There you go. All right, so the World Series continues uh, two games today, two games tomorrow, and it continues through next week. So a great event going on in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, Check it out. ESPN does a fantastic job of giving this big event, you know, it's due and uh, really giving it a lot of airtime. All right, um, let's take a break, our final uh, break in the hour. And when we come back, we'll share some birthdays, some anniversaries, wrap things up, look ahead, all that when we come back. Hey, we're glad you're with us on this Friday afternoon. John Morris Show brought to you in part by Kaleo Wealth Management. Kaleo Wealth Management recognizes that a lasting relationship starts by listening and understanding your priorities and concerns. They'll work together to look at the big picture, discuss your vision for the future, and help you confidently pursue your life goals. That is Kaleo Wealth Management. Back with more after this, John Morris Show on ESPN Central Texas. When I wake up in the morning, love. Back with this final segment, John Morris Show on this Friday afternoon. Hope you have uh, some nice, cool plans for the weekend, getting a pool somewhere, something along those lines. Uh, but whatever, it is. Aaron, what do you have going on this weekend? Anything big? Um, my mom is playing in the uh, APA, which is the American Pool Association, 
finals in Waco for eight ball, oh. and and the winner wins a trip to Las Vegas. Their oh, team. Oh yeah, yeah. They had the finals for nine ball uh, two weeks ago, and she's on a couple of different teams, a couple of nights a week. Yeah, and one and one of her teams won in nine ball, so she's already going to Vegas. Ooh. So she's playing for a second trip this week. How weekend. about that? Pretty cool. So I'll be at I'll be at my actually at my old job pretty much all day from probably about eleven a.m. to about ten that night. Root my mom on. Nice, very good. Good yeah. luck. Should Hope be that fun as well. Uh, so big weekend, a fun weekend. Uh, Father's Day coming up on Sunday, big day, and uh, Juneteenth is also on Sunday. Uh, Baylor actually has, uh, and it's a national holiday now, the Monday following Juneteenth. So uh, off day uh, from work, national holiday coming up on Monday. All right, uh, here's some birthdays today. It should be a national holiday today. It is uh, Diane Peterson's birthday. Happy birthday to Diane, wife of Bill Peterson, a coach with Baylor basketball. Diane and uh, my wife, Terry, have become very, very good friends traveling together, sitting at games together. So uh, wish nothing but the best to uh, Diane Peterson. Happy birthday to her today. Uh, who else do we have today? Clay Fuller's birthday is today. Happy birthday to Clay, former Baylor uh, football receiver. Um, Dwayne Joslin is my, uh, I guess, nephew by marriage. It's Dwayne's birthday today. Happy birthday to him. Let me dip into uh, uh, tomorrow, if you don't mind. It's Kate Holcomb's birthday coming up on uh, on Saturday. Happy birthday to her. Bambi Eskew, House of Travel. Happy birthday to uh, Bambi coming up uh, tomorrow. Cheryl Gotchis, Baylor HR. Her birthday is tomorrow. Nancy Gupton from out in China Spring. Happy birthday to her. Uh, so that's it. That's some of the birthdays coming up uh, through today and through the weekend. Who would you add to that list, Aaron? Just a couple today, John. Actress Lori Metcalf, known best for her role as Roseanne's sister Jackie on Roseanne. Mm. She turns 67 today. And Phil Mickelson turns 52, mm. which I forgot we were close to the same age. And he's a, you know only a few years older than Tiger. I always thought he was a little older than that. But yeah. Phil Mickelson, now of the Live Golf Tournament, <laughs> yeah, exactly. is 52 years old today. So oh, happy birthday. Man. Very nice. All right, very good. That's a good way to wrap things up on this Friday. Hey, we appreciate everyone being with us. Uh, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy uh, Father's Day coming up on uh, Sunday. Happy Father's Day to my dad up in Garland. And uh, love you. And uh, great to spend some time with you this week. So. Happy Father's Day. Happy Juneteenth coming up on Sunday as well. Uh, We're going to hand things off to Matt Mosley coming up next, so stay tuned. The Matt Mosley Show, 4 to 6, right here on ESPN Central Texas. Take you right into the weekend. Aaron, have a great weekend. Good luck to your mom in that uh, tournament. Thank you. Appreciate it. And, uh, folks, we appreciate you being with us. Have a great and safe weekend. Stay tuned. Matt Mosley is coming up next. Tom Barfield's just sitting there looking at his watch right now. Guys, I'm ready to take over.